Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. Whether you like to live your life on the malicious side or the overly kind hearted side, could you go ahead and hit the like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our first story of the day is by Nazimroth. Make an individual ticket for each case? So be it. Set up. We have been having constant issues with a certain service acting nonsensically for like a week now. We forwarded it to the ones responsible for it, shall be called L2 for simplicity and anonymity, and received their confirmation that they're working on solving it. Unusually, we also got info that even though the issue appears for masses of people, and they all get the exact same issue, it is individual, not systematic, so we should collect and forward each case to them. This is an unusual situation to say the least. Furthermore, I see that my earlier tickets on the matter are now on L2, waiting status. Years of experience tells me that this means we'll sit on it until the system in question gets decommissioned, then ask if the issue still persists. That is not hyperbole. So there I was, yesterday, 1800 hours or so, crunching mail, when I realized that two-thirds of our inbox is filled with this now. No one actually wanted to bother with recording tickets for it since it was obviously a bogus request. Shrugging, I drew up a template for it and started pulling them in and submitting the tickets en masse. By about 20 or so, I get a call from L2, highly unusual. They mention the mass of tickets and ask me if I know that they know about the issue already. Oh, certainly, but my instructions are to follow your request and submit each of them for individual resolution. I can forward you the info we got before I start submitting the next batch if you'd like. No, 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 that won't be necessary. Keep up the good work. And so I did. Amusingly, by 7.30 the next morning, we got a confirmation that they suddenly and miraculously managed to fix the issue. I'm sure the thinly veiled threat of a hundred more tickets had nothing to do with their sudden haste. Extra, they still managed to screw it up and say that one case was resolved. I notify the client, then five hours later, also say that that one is not resolved after all. You gotta love that they were willing to just bury and sit on this problem. I imagine as long as the entire thing still worked enough? They'd try and just delay it and ignore it as long as they possibly could. If you're working at a place with some software that had a very annoying bug, you submit it to your support and they try and basically sit on it like this, would you be willing to sit there and just submit it over and over and over and nag them until they finally fix the issue so that you hopefully don't have to be annoyed with it anymore? Or would you be kind of in the as long as I'm getting paid, I don't really care mood? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Kitten Disguised. Do it in your way. So we cheated. I'm a uni nursing student, and on top of our own profession's education, we also have to take compulsory language classes, Chinese and English. The tutors teaching these classes were not from our own department, but from the language departments, and boy, the Chinese tutor was awful as freak. His teaching was nowhere near good, but the worst part is with the assignments and tests, where he would give us the work, it offered very vague and limiting instructions that didn't help much. When we tried to ask him to be more specific and give clearer instruction, or to give marking rubrics, 
He never gave straight answers and just tried to dodge it. But after the work was done, he would nitpick every little thing and grade us really low. We were all very frustrated about it, but had no way to resolve this. One day, the teacher said that we had to take a quiz on translating classical Chinese to modern Chinese which I don't know what good it does to our profession, but okay, since we'd learned that in our prior education in high school anyway, not a big deal. Before, when we learned it in high school, we were taught to translate it word to word and very literally for the sake of tests and exams. But it was never the only way to translate, as you can also interpret according to the meaning rather than to the words, which both ways work. Anyway, we asked the tutor what he would expect, and he again dodged it and only replied, just do it in your way, and it'll be okay. And so we did in our own ways, and some in a malicious compliance way. A few days after the quiz took place, we were all informed by our department's head that we had a cheating issue within our class, and stating that academic integrity is held highly, and that they have no tolerance towards such things. Turns out that the tutor accused half of our classmates, around 50-ish people, of cheating because their works were similar, and all the suspected students were sent to see the department's head for explanations and discuss disciplinary actions. Two of my best friends were also sent that way, and I was able to hear this hilariously idiotic story. So the tutor accused several students of cheating because their answers looked similar, and the students were confused because... The quiz was not complicated, and what on earth was he expecting out of a simple translation of a small paragraph? Surely there would be a lot of similar usage of wordings here and there. The head was not satisfied with the reason, and went on saying that if they had not copied each other, they must have copied it somewhere else on the internet. It was COVID time, and we did the quiz on Zoom. Some of the students said, Uh, yeah, we certainly did some research on the internet, because we were not told not to, which they were completely right, because the tutor never said you're not allowed to, and according to the tutor's instruction, they could absolutely do it since it's their way. The head was still not satisfied, and said that the students should have put in citations and references if they had done any research online. However, the students defended themselves to have done the research with a dictionary, some with multiple different dictionaries, and that's why their wordings were similar. How and why would you cite so many different dictionaries on a simple paragraph translation? Us students have never been asked such stupid things. And clearly the department head had no actual idea on what was going on. She was just listening to the tutor's side of the story while refusing to believe that the students had not cheated. This argument went back and forth between 50-ish students and the department head for hours until another department head, a cool guy, decided to intervene and told the students to go home as he understood and would try his best to explain the situation to the other department head. Later, as we heard, it was actually not the first time that the cheating scenario had happened. The exact same tutor had made similar accusations towards a previous batch of students on the exact same quiz as well. Somehow, it didn't cross his mind that it was his problem, and maybe he should just change the quiz format once and for all. As the tutor received all of the backlashes from false cheating accusations, he was trying to cover his butt and announced that cheatings were interfering with the gradings and so the quiz result was voided. Now everyone needs to take the new test that didn't involve translating. This pissed everyone off, and the students not being accused were angry too at their time being wasted. Since none of this would have happened if the tutor had used the new test instead of that buggy translation quiz, 
and he was trying to shift the blame to the students. In the end, he mellowed down and suggested the involved students take the test in order to redetermine their grades, while the others could take the test on their own free will. He never brought up the term cheating again. At the end of the term, the language department asked me to do a survey on the teaching quality and I gladly obliged, giving the worst possible score and commenting on how bad the teaching was. So most, if not all of these people had just learned within the last year or two how to do exactly what this test was. And the test more or less is, take the sentence, hi, I live in a two-story house, and just write that sentence in another language. Why would you be all that surprised when everybody puts down, hi, I live in a two-story house, but just in a different language? It's not really a question that would have a very subjective answer unless people just don't know how to do it. Our next story is by Wave Lindsay, must notify manager to use restroom. Before I get into the story, I realize there are jobs where notifying your boss when you leave your desk or post is a normal practice. However, that was not the case at this job. We had top secret clearances and handled collateral secret equipment and sensitive encryption key material on a regular basis. They assumed we were adults and generally treated us as such. Also, the fallout isn't juicy, sorry, but the story's funny to me. I was an airman in the Air Force working in ComSec. It's difficult to fully explain this job to people who have never done it, but the short version is glorified inventory management with penalties for messing up, including but not limited to prison time. We were working out of a temporary facility, and not all of us in ComSec could fit in the secure room, so we were spread out in multiple offices. Myself and my direct supervisor shared a small office, while my NCOIC manager was in a different one. One day, I did what all civilized humans do at least once a day and went to use the restroom. I came back, my supervisor said Sergeant Smith, I honestly don't remember her, my NCOIC name, but that they were looking for me, so I went to her office. I said, yes ma'am, you wanted to see me? They say, why weren't you at your desk? I say, I was just using the restroom, ma'am. She says, you need to be at your desk at all times, and when you're not, you need to let me know. I said, yes, ma'am. At the time, besides email for computer communication, we were using Skype. It was common practice in that office to send quick messages to each other using Skype, so I made sure to let her know every time I left my desk using Skype, just as she ordered me to. Every bathroom break, every drink from the water fountain, I even notified her if I was leaving my desk to come talk to her after she told me to come talk to her. Every single time I left my desk, she was notified. Ma'am, I'm getting up from my desk to grab a Form 16 from the printer. She says, where are you using a printer in a different room? I say, I'm not, but I have to leave my desk to retrieve it. That was the last straw. She had enough. She told me to stop telling her when I leave my desk, except when I leave for lunch. From my experience reading all these stories, it seems that they're probably just a bit of a control freak, probably irrationally upset in one moment that they weren't right there. They become quick to assume, you should just tell me anytime you're going to leave the desk, not realizing there's a lot of opportunity to say, hey, I'm leaving the desk. I'd say a decent analogy is on Snapchat or Twitter, maybe turning on notifications for a friend that chats or puts a story up multiple times a day. You might be interested in it, but after a few days, maybe a week, you realize, I don't know if I want three to four notifications that they posted a story item every single day. Although maybe that's not the best analogy because some people do. 
And our final story of the day is by Eleven, new rules are going to cost you your business. I worked for a manufacturing company operating hot foil printing machines. For the first six months, everything went smoothly. I was working two machines like most of my other coworkers. Working hours were 8am to 5pm with an hour lunch break, although nearly all of us came in early to set the machines up and left late after cleaning up the machines at the end of a run, usually 15 to 30 minutes extra per day. The owner then decided he wanted to retire and sold half of the company to a larger firm, with the intention of staying on another year before selling the other half. The new company insisted on all workers, not office staff, clocking in and out as well as increasing the workload by pushing production goals. The machine they used to clock everyone in and out was the cheapest they could find, and nobody knew how to set it up, so it shifted the cards into the right place to print the time. So times would often be printed on top of one another, or our out time would be printed on the in column, etc. Big headache for the office workers trying to sort out the mess from 30 plus workers each week. To start, everyone carried on as normal, clocking in when they arrived and clocking out when they left. A week in, and everyone on the production floor is called into the office. There will be no unarranged overtime being paid, and everyone must clock in and out at the right time, was the message from the new boss. 15 minutes of downtime just to tell us that? Okay then. We would all arrive at our usual times and start to queue up waiting for the clock to tick over to 8am. Then everyone would punch in. Took around 4 minutes for everyone to use this one machine. If a run wouldn't be completed before clocking out at lunch, it wouldn't get started. So around 11.45, the production floor started to get quieter. At 11.55, it was almost silent while everyone queued up to clock out for lunch at 12 o'clock. 12.55, everyone queuing up again to clock in at 1pm. 4.45pm would bring in another quietening. A week later, we all get called into the office again. Some people were not putting in their full hours. They were clocking in a few minutes late and or clocking out a few minutes early each day, and this was not acceptable for the new boss. Also, we had to make sure the cards were printed in the correct position so it was easier for the office worker who dealt with the wages to calculate our times. No mention of fixing the clock machine, so we diligently set about making sure the cards were printed correctly. End of queue and clock in at 8.03? Okay, clock out at 2.03. After three months, production was so far behind that they had to start asking workers to come in on weekends to clear the backlog of orders that were waiting. Pay a time and a half for those first four hours, then time and three quarters for any hours over that. Nice for those who could do it. A month later, and the new boss was losing so much money, they had to make cutbacks. How? By getting rid of workers and no overtime. So now they not only couldn't complete the orders, but were asking the remaining workers to work harder and run more machines. I was one of those made redundant. I heard from one who wasn't made redundant about six months later that the company folded a month after that as workers quit due to unrealistic pressure and they were so far behind on orders that the customers dropped them as a contractor. The owner never did get to sell the remaining half and retire as planned. I don't know if the old boss was like completely hands off or just really unaware of what was going on here but considering it wasn't a travesty when they sold the initial half you kind of wish that they would have spoken up and saved the day before it got to the point where they lost the other half of what they could have sold but i guess we're not really sure what that dynamic was like one thing's for certain the new boss was just not good straight up ran that place into the ground
But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.